Have you been feeling stuck, exhausted, and finding yourself living as a passenger in your own life? By giving away so much of your energy and power to everyone and everything around you. But you? Well, you are not alone. My name is Dr. Valérie Johnston Dugama, osteopath, and I have been there too. After being burned out, exhausted, I decided to take control of my life and get back into my driver's seat. It wasn't easy though, but I did it. And you can do it too. In this podcast, I will share stories, invite guest speakers, and provide insight and tips on how to turn your life around and move back into your driver's seat. Today, I'm talking about getting in the driver's seat of your own life by finding your gift. What does it mean about finding your gift? When I talk about gift, I'm talking about finding what you really want to do. It's not very easy because so many of us, we choose a profession for multiple reasons. It could be because it's money, because our parents want us to do it or because we come across that profession and then we decide, okay, I can't do anything else. So I stuck to it because I've been doing it for 20 years. Here I am, even though I hate what I do, but it pays the bills and I can pay the mortgage. I can, yeah, whatever bills it is. So what I found is for a very young age, I wanted to find what I wanted to do, but it's hard, you know, because you're not really sure. I remember back there, I was maybe 14 years old. My auntie and some of my mom's friends, they were having some financial difficulty. They were married or living in a relationship. And uh, the partner, the husband, were controlling most of the financial part of the relationship. And uh, sometimes they had to ask to just get a bit of money to buy something simple, like a pair of shoes or something that they wanted. And I was 14 years old and I was seeing that and I'm like, wow, well, I don't want to be like that. I want to be financially independent or free. Whatever I said to myself, I said back there, I want to have my own money because I didn't know anything about financial independence or freedom, whatever they talk about now. I want to have my own money, even if I live with someone, I'm married, so I can choose to buy because my auntie, I remember, she wanted to buy a new pair of shoes. And the husband was arguing with her and telling her that uh, the money is to do something else. And anyway, I said, if I want to buy a pair of shoes, I want to be able to be free and do that. If I want to go and buy a dress or anything that sometimes women, we need to buy for ourselves to make ourselves feel good. So 14 years old, seeing all these things going on, I'm like, wow, that was a waking up for me at a very young age. So from that, I'm like, okay, I need to find what I want to do. And back there, you know, I wasn't sure. I was just 14, but I was seeing that in my mind, I was seeing these things like an adolescent and seeing what was happening around me and saying, okay, no, definitely, I don't want to have a life like that. I'm going to make uh, my life the way I want. Anyway, financially, <laughs> I was talking about that. So many years on, I started to say to myself, well, the best way to know what I want to do is to start to work very early. So at 16, I started to look for jobs after school or during school holiday. 
des grandes vacances d'essai in French. And um, sometimes I was looking after elderly people. My first really real job was um, to help counting the hospital. And I remember it was so hard because I got there. It wasn't necessarily a canteen. It was at the back of um, when they prepare the meal to send it to different floors for the patients. And then you put all the meal on the tray and then you send it to the lift up for the nurse or whoever has to distribute the meal then. And I always remember there was this Portuguese couple working there. They've been working there for many years. And they were stealing. They were stealing food there because the food was coming in big containers. They were putting them in the big freezer and they were stealing the food. And as I come, I was like 16 and a half, 17. I new, young, and come in there and uh, I saw them steal some of the food. And they saw me, as I was passing by, uh, I think I was going to pick up something in the kitchen, wherever it was, and I saw them putting stuff in the car. So they freaked out. And what they did, they make sure that they didn't explain to me how to set up the trolley perfectly so then I can make a mistake So then I can be sacked. And that's exactly what happened. So the wife, she's supposed to show me, this is how you put all the trolley. This is how you lock the door. And then they can send it to the lift and then to be dispatched in different area. And she didn't show me that properly. So as I set up everything in the trolley and I just pushed the door, I didn't lock it. I didn't know how to lock it. So I pushed the door in the lift. And as I push it, the lift go up and there was that big noise. Ba -ba 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 -bam. And all, I think it was about 100 truly different plates of food just, just fall off into the lift. Oh my God, I was devastated. And the lady, she came toward me. She said, what have you done? And she started to scream at me. And I said, excuse me, don't scream at me. I did what you asked me to do. This was my first job, right? And uh, I got sacked. So this is reality of life, I was very sad. You may say that, oh, Valérie, she's crying a lot, but I did cry because it was my first job. I knew that I didn't do anything wrong. I was following someone that gave me an instruction. And anyway, that was an experience, and this is how you get strong. <laughs> you learn tough life. I then, from then, I didn't give up. I'm like, okay, I'm going to continue and find jobs. So, At 17, I found this job. I was writing letters to different hospitals to become a nurse assistant during the school holiday. And one hospital contacted me back. I think I sent for about 20 different hospitals in Paris, around Paris. And uh, one hospital got back to me and uh, offered me to work for two months. I think the school holiday was from end of June, July, August. And there's two months, full months, they say, yeah, you start at this time and then until the end. And that was such a great experience. And I loved it. And from that year, I think I was 17, from that summer, every summer for about five years, they were taking me on board because I love working. I love the money. I'm like, oh my God, I'm working. I'm 17 and I'm earning all this money. For me, it was a lot. And I was so proud of me. And the fact that, you know, I found a job myself. And I remember when I wrote the letter, my God, I'm like, I'm sure they're not going to understand what I'm writing. But obviously, it didn't matter. Someone, somewhere gave me my chance. 
and I proved them that they were right to give me my chance. That was great. And this experience really allowed me to know that I do not want to work in a hospital. Although I care about people and that showed me how much I care about people and I had such a great experience. But working in a hospital, it was such a big um, business company and I just didn't feel comfortable being just in the bottom like this. And I remember the nurse, they were working so hard, so, so hard. And I didn't feel like the nurse recompensated for the work that they were providing. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's sure. I'm not going to be a nurse. I have so much respect for the nurses and uh, everyone working in the hospital, especially the people who are below and they do the hard work. And I'm like, okay, I think I want to find a job where I work for myself and uh, a job where I have more control with what I want to do and how I want to run stuff. So I was like, yeah, less than 18, 19, I was just talking like that to myself and thinking, okay, okay, that's good. That's a good experience. So then I finished school when I was about to go to university and I really didn't know what to do. And in France, they put so much pressure on you. So as soon as you finish high school, most people go to university or you go to like a business school or schools like that, whatever you choose to do. But here, for example, in Australia, a lot of the students, they have a gap year. And this is amazing because this gap year allows you to do different things and to move out of the mindset of studying and discover, travel, and do all sorts of things, work in different areas. And here they do that a lot. A lot of students do that. But in France, it's like you finish high school, then directly you go to university. For most people, this is how it happened. For me, I'm like, I don't know what to do. I applied to go and do sociology at university. And I'm like, no, that's not me. I just didn't feel it. And uh, I was doing the nursing testing. And I'm like, I don't want to be a nurse. So I knew I didn't want to be a nurse. I knew I didn't want to be a doctor. I knew as well by working in the hospital when I was so young, I knew I care about people. I want to work with patients. And also, I want to find a job where I'm my own boss. And I love using my hands. I want to use my hands to touch people. That's what I learned from this early experience of working in the hospital and also working when I was sacked for the first time. That's why it's so important, you know, to try different things. And it doesn't matter if you're young or if you're older. Just give it a go. Give it a chance. Try things that you will never think that you will do. And you may be surprised that by trying that, you may find that even though this is not the job that you're going to do, but this will help you to find what your gift is. And I'm like, okay, what is my gift? Well, I didn't talk what is my gift, but I was saying what I am good at what I am feeling comfortable doing. That was the caring part and the touching. That's what I loved. I love touching people, working with hands-on. And I'm like, okay, all right. But the hands-on, it wasn't about giving medication or taking blood pressure. I knew it wasn't that. I knew it was something even more touchy. That was a great experience. So by not knowing what I wanted to do and by not wanting to go to university uh, to follow the normal curriculum, I wasn't about to do that because um, my heart wasn't there. So I become a nanny. 
I think it was about 15 months, I was a nanny or 18 months. I can't remember. I become a nanny to this 14 months old boy. His name was Romain. And that was such a great experience. And I remember because in France, when you finish your baccalaureate or high school certificate, you're supposed to go to university or you're supposed to find what you want to do. Some of my siblings and my parents, they were saying, oh, Valérie, why are you going to be a babysitter after you've done all the study and you work so hard? And I didn't listen to them. I just did it. Every profession is a profession. I could have become a professional nanny if I really wanted to do it because I did enjoy working and looking after this 14 years month baby woman. It was so, so cute. And his parents were very nice to me and I was nice to them as well because I loved the woman and I realized that I really liked looking after people. And it didn't matter if it was elderly people because at the hospital I work in different areas. So if it was adult, elderly people, and this was also saying to myself, I just also love taking care of babies as well because I just love that connection with people. It was so amazing. This jobs gave me some tips, I could say, on maybe where I want to go, what I want to do. And as I was continuing to find my way, after Romain, I'm like, okay, I'm going to use my hands and find a profession where I use my hands. So I went to a training to make orthotics, inner soul. And I love the study. It was so amazing. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Really hard, very high medical terms. And it was so, so good. Surprisingly, I was learning and doing the theory and really learning about the profession. It is called actually orthopedist, orthesist in France. So I finished the training and then I started to work. I worked maybe for like a month and I'm like, no, this is not for me. It was hands-on. You were making the orthotics, you were making splint, hand splint for people who have to break their wrist. You were making all of the physical things, but it wasn't for me. I'm like, no, 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 this is not what I want to do. And this is where, when I was talking in the previous episode about becoming a flat attendant, this is where I stopped that job after a month and had the opportunity to then go and do the flight attendant training. So that was interesting. And my mom said to me, Valérie, I don't know what to do with you. You have to have so many different uh, professions and you're unable to find something that you like. And she even joked again. I'm like, that's not a joke. She's probably really feeling it. She said to me, well, you didn't like being a flight attendant and I missed my opportunity to travel for free. <laughs> and I was laughing. And at the time I'm like, well, mom, you only think about yourself. You don't think about me. Anyway, so we had a good laugh about it. Then I went to Australia. But before I moved to Australia, I had a friend back there that was a physiotherapist. I think he just finished osteopathy training. He gave me a treatment, basically, before I left to go to Australia. And when he gave me that treatment, I said to myself, as I was on the table, oh my God, this is exactly what I want to do. I want to become an osteopath. And that happened just maybe... A few months before I came to Australia the first time to learn English for the six months. 
And I had that in the back of my mind. So you know how things happen in life that you put things in motion and you don't even realize that everything that you do prior to an event, everything follows. So that's exactly how I felt. Because going to Australia to learn English, I didn't know I will meet my husband and I didn't know I would come back to Australia. And then coming back to Australia, in the back of my mind, when I came back to live, I knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to become an osteopath. And that was the start of a new journey. And finding new gift, finding that things happen by trying so many different things. But sometimes people, they just find it, you know, straight away. But for me, I had to go through so many different stages, so many different professions. And each time, it was a learning to show me and to tell me, okay, this one is not the one, but you have learned from it. This profession from the beginning, when I started to work when I was 16, just guide me each time, each time, each time and shape what I wanted to be, to allow me to find my gift. And that was so amazing. And that's why I'm saying to anyone up there, when you find what you want to do, and then you know that it's your gift because you do it in a way that is effortless. You do it in a way that you don't feel like you're going to work. You don't feel like it's work. Like every job, you have moments where it's challenging, but you go with the flow and you just deal with the situation and you don't feel like, oh my God, I have to wake up this morning and go to work. You feel like, oh, you're able to express yourself whatever you have chosen to do. If it is the gift for you, if it is what you meant to do, you will feel like you are satisfied. You will feel like you grow into it. And it doesn't matter if it's being a cleaner, being a babysitter, being a businessman, businesswoman, whatever profession, there is so many kind of teacher, nurses, in the medical, lawyer, whatever, as long as you can express yourself in that profession and something inside you is coming out. Each time you're doing it, oh my God, you have found your gift and embrace it. And that's what happened for me with osteopathy. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned and subscribe to the Driver's Seat Club. Until next time, have a powerful day.